Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. Go to Romans chapter 12. And as you know, we're in a series, A Living Sacrifice. And today we're going to be speaking about giving and welcoming. And today, A Living Sacrifice is based off of Romans chapter 12. A Living Sacrifice worships God's way and lives out God's will. I want you to really feel that. A lot of people worship. Man, you guys are crazy worshipers. Lifting your hands, you push the envelope. But God's not just interested in our worship. He's interested in the way we live. And he wants us to live out his will not our will. Now, the book of Romans is recognized by many people in the church, in history, and in secular uh, cul-de-sacs, one of the greatest uh, books ever written. It is a crown jewel of the New Testament. Now, the first 11 chapters, it shows us, tells us, reveals to us who God is and what he's done, the work that he's done. Then chapter 12 to 16 shows us how we should respond to that work. And that's why chapter 12 begins, therefore, my brethren, because of all that you've been taught, begin to live differently. I'd like to say it this way. Romans chapter 1 to 11 shows us how and who to believe in. Chapters 12 to 16 shows us how to live or behave. And many people today believe believers, their belief in the way they behave is fractured. For example, ladies, watch me. Can I have the attention of every lady in here, especially if you're married? Ladies, how many of you would love for your husband to love you like Christ loved the church, which means he'll lay down his life for you. He'll cook, he'll clean, he'll let you watch whatever you want. Come on, ladies, raise your hand. I know Becky's raising her hand. Okay, now ladies, how many of you will always respect your husband? Oh, only one lady raised her hand on that one. (laughs) You know, and so they go, yeah, if he deserves my respect. Oh, it didn't say that. So for all of us in many areas, we believe one way, but we behave another way. And so Romans 12 to 16 was written to how to heal those behaviors. Now in Romans 12... Beginning with verse 9 to the end of the chapter, there are 13 commandments. I'd like to say it this way, exhortations. They're encouraging us. And you'd say, how should we read these 13 exhortations? Come on, I want to give you a Bible exercise that you could take home with you. And if you want to get spiritual abs, this is what you can do. And give me one more. Is that you will read these 13. If you haven't yet, I want you to do this. Read these 13 exhortations prayerfully. Go there, not trying to say, oh, he asked me to read it. I read it. But no. Read them prayerfully. The next thing as we read these 13 exhortations, I believe we should read them to experience or encounter Jesus. I don't know about you. I Honestly, Bible reading is one of my favorite things to do. It's a hobby. It's a recreation. And the biggest reason when I read, I experience Jesus Christ. And the last is that we would read slowly and we begin to think 
on what we're reading. And so what we've been doing, we started last week and then we will finish next week. I wanted to look at three of these exhortations. The first is found in verse 10. Then today we're looking at verse 13. The next week we will look at verse 21. If you have your Bibles, let's begin to read in verse 10. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. So this is a competitive Christianity. And the way we want up people, we honor up. We honor, if you remember it, we honor down. And we honor all around. And really, the number one person we're to honor being is God. We honor God. And that's effect, that affects how we honor people. We honor our parents. We honor the elderly. We honor those who have gray hair, young people stand up. No, I'm joking you. We honor those who are beneath us, around us. We are a people of honor. Now look at verse 13. This is where we're at today. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. I want us to read that out loud together here in the auditorium and online. You ready? I'm going to count to three. We're going to read it together. It's better than karaoke at the Chinese restaurant on Thursday night. Come on. It says here, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. And then next week, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's go back to 13. I want us to read it again together. I really want this to sink down because this phrase is rooted It is embedded, it is ingrained into the fibers of the local church. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. And I want to begin to ask this question. How important or central to the gospel is giving to the needs of the saints and practicing hospitality? How important is this phrase? To give to the needs of the saints and to practice hospitality. I'm telling you, it's the very heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to hear what I'm getting ready to say. I'm going to make a statement. When I look at the world, this isn't the statement. I'm going to give you the statement. When I look at the world and you see those who have, it seems like what they have is in an abundance. And those who lack, they live in scarcity. But I wrote out a phrase for our church, and I want you to maybe write this down and maybe future marketplace leaders. I really want, that's you, I want you to get it embedded in you that the whole, please get this, the whole of the world's goods can meet the whole of the world's needs. Did you hear what I just said? I believe all of the world's goods, the whole of the world's goods can meet the needs, I mean, the whole of the world's needs. I'm going to stick it the way I wrote it. The whole of the world's goods can meet the whole of the world's needs. Years ago, I was in a conference speaking in New York, and Compassion International came through, and I don't know if I misheard this statistic, but they said this, if the four nations of Great Britain, 
Canada, Australia, in the United States of America, instead of buying Christmas presents, their Christmas budget, would put that together and give it to the hungry of the world. In that Christmas, we would solve world hunger. Can I say the church has a great responsibility to meet the needs of the saints and to practice hospitality? Can you say amen? Now, let me just uh, break this down really simple. The, the scriptures command us, they strongly encourage us to be givers and to welcome. To give and to welcome. Are you with me? That we are givers and we welcome. Say, I'm a giver. I'm a giver. Look at your neighbor say, I'm a really giver. Say, will you take me to lunch? No. <laughs> Everyone say, I am a giver. And I want you to write this word, none of us are owners. You don't own your business, you're stewarding your business. You don't own your home, you're stewarding your home. You don't own your life, your breath is borrowed, God has given it. We are stewards, we are not owners. Can you say amen? No, in a moment, I'm going to tell you why we need to meet the needs of the saints. Because right now, in the last two years, unemployment in this area is higher. And when someone is unemployed, believe it or not, it wounds who they are as a person. Are you with me? And can I, it causes a Equilib their equilibrium is off. They're, they don't have an equilibrium. They're trying to fight to survive. But can I say anyone in our church who is not just an attender, this isn't a fan, but you have committed to the saints and to the God of this house, we want to help meet your needs in a time of need. Can you give the Lord a shout and a hand clap? Can you say amen? Now, I just want to say this, and please uh, write this down. Our money and our homes, I just want to say that again. I want you to really get this, whether you rent your home or you, you're paying it off or you own it. Our money, say that, our money. Have you ever said, that's my money, you know? Uh, and I said that to Becky about four months ago. I was paid an honorarium for speaking, and she says, where's the honorarium? I go, that's my money, you know? And I should know the difference. What's hers is hers, and what's mine is hers, you know? And that's the terms of engagement. Everyone say, our money, our home. Our money and our homes are out of our comfort zone. When we begin to open up our homes and open up our checkbooks and wallets, it moves us out of our comfort zone. It really does. We could show up and hold a sign and smile, but please get your hands off my checkbook and don't come into my home. Our money and our homes push us out of our comfort zone, but sacrifice begins where comfort ends. Did you hear what I just said? Sacrifice begins where comfort ends. And it's not equal amounts, but it is equal sacrifice. And we're talking about giving to the needs of the saints. Contribute, okay? Everyone say contribute. Contribute is to come into communion or fellowship by becoming a sharer, a partner, and a family member. When we begin to meet the needs of the saints, we become a partner with that person. We begin to share with that person, and we become a family member with that person. Being a saint isn't just what Christ did for us. It's how we handle and treat and meet the needs of the body of 
of Christ. Pastor Steve preached one of the greatest messages, one body, many members. How can we function as a body with many members if we do not help meet the needs of one another? Oftentimes when there is a need of a saint in the local church, the other saints call the pastor or the office to meet the need when God is calling every saint to help meet the need of every other saint. Thank you, Megan, for that overwhelming golf clap. I thought that was really amazing. Now, I want you to get this before we read this scripture. I really want, we are not an organization. We are a living organism. And if I stub my toe, my whole body is aware that my toe is in need. We are living, and when one member suffers, the whole body should suffer. And why should we meet the needs of the saint? Well, number one, it's a burden. It's an undue stress. And when we come and we lift that burden, it's like at the health club, a spotter, just two fingers of a contribution can get them past a sticking point, then they can fulfill the ministry that God has for them. If I injure my foot and the body ignores it, then my foot cannot operate as my foot and I will be limited in walking. When a saint's needs are not met, it takes their focus off of God, off of what they're called to, and saying, oh, my foot, my foot, my foot's in pain. When the body can meet the needs of the foot, then the foot can run and leap and praise God. Can you say amen? Now get this, in years, normally years, when we give to people in our church, benevolence, it's probably about 32000 a year. Last year, we gave over $122,266. This year, 2023, from July, August, September, and October, that's it, just the first quarter, we've already given over $32,000. That used to be a year, that was the budget for the year. Can I say I am happy because if this is truly your home and you're not a spectator, you're not a fan, but this is where you worship God and you're a part of us, we got you. Come on, can you say amen? And can I tell you another reason when we give to the needs of the saints, you know what? People will see our good deeds and glorify our Father who is in heaven. Aren't we to bring glory to God on the earth? How? By meeting or contributing to the needs of the saints. Go with me to Acts chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse 34. Acts chapter 4. You didn't bring your Bible. I always bring a Bible to a church, whether it's on your phone or one of the... Mm. Man, how many of you love the way your Bible smells? My my goodness. Perfume. This Bible is sweet to the smell, all right? Here we go. This is Acts 4, 34. Now, I want you to get this. This is the beginning of the church. And they had a lot of turmoil in that civilization. Nor was there, I'm going to read it slowly. I want you to feel this. Nor was there any among them who lacked. Just let that settle. Can I read that again? But I want you to think about, nor was there any among them who lacked. For all 
who were possessors of lands and houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold. They didn't sell everything. It wasn't a hippie commune of the 60s. But those who owned lands and houses, now let's just stop today. If you own more than one house, I'll give you one word that sets one group of people apart from all the rest of us. I have a home. But I remember one time I had a friend and I said, uh, hey, where's your house? Well, I have one in Idaho. I have one in Italy. I have one in Washington. I have one in Calgary. Homes. And so he's not asking you to sell your home, but if you have lands and homes to sell, consider selling a piece of property. Why? To contribute to the needs of the saints. Can you say amen? And I just want to say this. How are the needs of the saints met? Money's not going to rain down like pizza in a Disney movie. Money doesn't rain down. How many times, dear Christian people, are praying, God, I can't meet my needs. My needs are met. Jesus, Lord, I pray over this Powerball. I'll give you 50% if you let me win. How many of you ever prayed you'll give him 50% on the Powerball? Somebody's lying. I have. Especially when it gets to a billion dollars. I said, Lord, half of this is yours. He said, all right, start where you're at. Start giving me half of your income now. Oh, isn't that funny how that scenario changed real quick, okay? And so how does he do it? By the saints that we contribute. It's not just one big fat daddy, but if we all come together, and let me say this, you want to win Ventura? You want to win this county? You want to bring a miracle to California? Meet the needs of the saints. And people are going to begin to say, you know what? They're kind of loud. They worship like karaoke. I don't understand anything he's saying. But let me tell you, they take care of one another. Excuse me. I'm going to give myself an amen. Amen. <laughs> you know? Okay. Now go with me to Ephesians. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to begin to look at verse 28, Ephesians 4, 28. Get this. Let him who stole steal no longer. So if you're robbing people, stop it. But rather let him labor. Now, some young people, they want to rest six days and work one. Work is not a part of the curse. Work brings dignity to human beings. Are you with me? You were created to love, and if you're 21, you should shout on that. You're created to have a little bit of leisure. Come on. But you're also created to work. There is a job for you to do. Now get this. But rather let him labor, working with his hands, which is good. You can't do things with your hands that are bad. For example, Mike Rovner. In high school, he sold marijuana. So they called him Marijuana Mike. He was Janet's drug dealer. He started dating her. They got, they got married. She brought him to church. He got born again. And he said, I can't sell drugs anymore. Now, he was working, okay? He was doing pretty good. But it says, work with your hands for that which is good. 
Then he opened up a sheetrock company working with his hands. And now he owns a reconstruction company. And Mike and Janet show this verse. They give to the needs of the saints. Why? Because they work with their hands according to that which is good. Why? Get this. That he may have something to give to him who has need. Did you hear that? You know why you're working? That you could give some of it away to someone who needs it. Can I have a come on on that one? Come on. Come on. Okay, we cannot meet the needs of others if we're broke. That's why people say, Pastor, are you guys at Prosperity Church? Well, what do you want us to be, a broke church? And I know what you're saying, Pastor. You guys are one who drive this, live there, and everybody. No, no, no. We are a gospel-centered church that contributes the needs of the saint. And can I say in Romans 12, it says the gift of giving. You can't have the gift of giving unless you have the gift of getting. Because if you don't have anything to give, someone's going to need to give to you. Are you with me on that? Everyone say, let him work. Have something to give. That means you're going to have to save in budget. If you go to the Lord, you may not be able to eat the key lime pie. Sorry, Becky. You're going to save that to give 20% more to the host or the waitress that's serving you. Say amen. Everyone say, find someone who has a need. I want you to write that down. I pray this week you find someone in this church that has a need and that you meet it. I want to read a quote from Randy Alcorn. He said, God prospers us not to raise our standard of living, but to raise our standard of giving. I would say it a little bit differently. God does prosper us to raise our standard of living, but if that's it, that's shallow. He really does it to raise our standard of giving. And I love what Wesley said, make as much as you can, save as much as you can, give as much as you can. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Acts chapter 4. Everyone say, will you repeat this after me? Sorry, it's a repeat day. Kind of more lame. But it's teaching you. Everyone say, contribute Contribute. to the needs needs. of the saints. Say, practice Practice. hospitality. I want to speak to you about this contributing to the needs of the saints, and it means something to me. I was raised in an affluent home. We never had a need. We never had a need. My parents bought a new car cash every two years. I didn't know you put oil in a car. The first car I bought, I went three years without oil until I married Becky, And she said, have you put oil in it? I go, no, you don't need to put oil. You just put gas in it. I said, where do you put the oil anyway? She pops the hood. I kid you not, she pulls out this dipstick and it's bone dry. She said, you have no oil, dipstick. And and I said, wait, how are you going to get that oil in that little hole? She pointed to a cap with an oil can on it. And I go, oh, I never knew. I'll tell you when. You know why my life has changed today? 
Because you could believe in God, even get baptized, but really steer away from Jesus. And the goal isn't just to know who God is and what he's done for us, but that we live in a certain way. We live for his will. And when I chose and really was called to go to a Christian university, uh, my family said, then you're on your own. That was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. They had three of us that showed up at Oral Roberts University, Kevin Booth, Sean Tolliver, and Jude Fuquay. And when we worked summer jobs, if Sean had a need, we met his need. If Kevin had a need, we met his need. If I had a need, we met each other's need. I'll never forget one day, Sean was going to be kicked out of school, and all I had was $500. But because he was a family member, come on, love one another with a brotherly or a family love. I didn't even think about it. I didn't have to pray about it. I went and paid off his bill. The years would pass, and my friend, my brother, is now uh, a partner, attorney, in the nation's second largest law firm. He has over 1,400 attorneys underneath him. And when Becky and I were first married, we didn't own a TV, the devil's box. We probably should have left it that way. But we went and picked out a TV at Sears, and it was 876. What a dumb TV. You know, but it was a TV. And we got a check in the mail for 876. From Sean, the attorney, he said, When you gave that $500, you never meant it as a loan. But my dad, who was not a believer, began to think about God because you met a need of mine. Can I say, with the biggest sermon that this city can hear and see is when we contribute to the needs of one another? Can you say amen? And we believe that. I want you to go with me. To Acts chapter 4 verses 32 and 37. When it says practice hospitality, in the Greek word, it's xeno. And where they get the word xenophobia is the fear of a stranger or a foreigner. Do you understand that? When it means practice hospitality, it's not meaning you're going to be like the Berglunds. I, I wish everyone in this church could go to the Berglunds. You can't, only I can. But they truly have the gift of hospitality. It's not saying the Christian Martha Stewart. It's saying that our homes are open to people we're uncomfortable with that are foreign to us, and that are a stranger to us. The society that we're living in is a greedy society. And can I say money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. We are being trained in our thinking to be consumers. And you see that during COVID, how many of us instantly became Amazon experts, you know? The Amazon drivers every day bringing something from China that does not fit and does not work and you cannot return it. We have become a consumer society. You wanna break consumerism and greed off your life? Give in the Build Together offering. Contribute to the needs of the saint. Get your mind off yourself and put it on a single parent. Can you say amen? Practice hospitality is to welcome a foreigner. And then the other really uh, challenge which the world is they put us in isolation. 
Come on, you don't have to go out and get your food. You can have DoorDash bring it. Is it DoorDash? I don't know. Grubhub. You don't have to go to the mall. Who wants to? You could order everything online. You don't even have to go to church in person. You could just sit there in your PBJs. PBJs? Oh, my God. <laughs> Peanut butter and jelly? Whoa. You know, <laughs> Oh, my God, I cracked myself up. I have four minutes. I better stop. Okay. In your pajamas, and you know what? You know we have a phobia problem. When you have a believer driving in a car in Ventura by themselves, not even a dog in the car, and they have a mask the size of a plasma screen. It's like if you have COVID, you're not going to give it to yourself. You already have it. People are afraid of unclean water, unclean air, unclean this and that. I think it's time to open our doors of our lives to people that we're uncomfortable with. Go with me to Acts chapter 4, verse 32 to 37. This is phenomenal. All believers were, were one in heart and mind. I want to say that again. What a beautiful thing. May it be to the City Church, California. All believe, the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own. Because you're a steward. You're not an owner. But they shared everything they had with great power. The apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons amongst them. When we speak of revival, we think of blind eyes and deaf ears and prodigals coming home. And surely it's all that then some. But you can know when the power of the Lord is mighty at work in us, when, get this phrase, that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, not all the time, build together offering. Next week, come on, it's that time. Don't you dare miss your blessing. You cannot give, you're not, it's not going to affect us. But it's equal giving, equal sacrifice. Not giving, but equal sacrifice, different amounts. It says this, from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, who the apostles called Barnabas, which is the son of encouragement, sold the field he owned and brought it the money and put it at the apostles' feet. He didn't sell all he had, and that's Barnabas. And today, I would say we have many Barnabases in this church. I want to say it this way. Susan and Jimmy Lee, you're, you're phenomenal. He owns a business. She has a career. She has a job. They have children. They bring foster children into the home. They hire people in the church with their company. I think in the days ahead, our church is going to need Christian business owners. Because to be a believer, you may not be hired. And I love this, that Barnabas was noted amongst the apostles. But he started with radical giving. You see, when I think of Mike and Janet Rovner, I think they are apostolic. Their teaching ministry online is going all over the world. 
Listen to this. They have had weddings at their house, marketplace events at their house. They've had people live with them. I think it's time for us to practice hospitality, which means we're going to open our lives up to people who make us feel uncomfortable. And we're going to love them. And we're going to show them the way of Christ. Will you go with me as we, in Hebrews 13, 12, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. It's defining what this word is, to open up your home to someone that makes you feel uncomfortable. For by doing so, some have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. So when I came to your house, I was an angel. Come on. Look at this, Matthew 25, 34 to 36. Our money and our homes are a central part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. For I was hungry and you, made me, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, there it goes, practice hospitality, same Greek word. And you took me in, I didn't have clothes, you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison, you came to me. Pastor Dave Patterson's, their church goes into every federal prison, I mean, every state prison in this state. He went to Folsom Prison, thank you, not long ago. They had a guy, muscles and tat. Dave prayed over him, he began to weep. He led him to Christ. That day as he's leading Folsom Prison, he said, Christ came into his car, the presence of Jesus, and said, you visited me today. Come on. The gospel is seen. The gospel is seen. Let's go to a couple more scriptures. First Peter 4, 7, and 9. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, and above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sin. And be hospitable. Come on, Zeno. Don't have a phobia for those who are different than you, but open your homes up to them, to one another without grumbling. I want to say Lisa Schaffler does this. She can't have a party just Christian. You go to her house, she's going to have everybody there. And some of them is like, get me out of beam me up, Jesus. You know why I do that? I'm self-righteous. And somehow I become like a Pharisee. And you see, they're not fair, you see? And I'm more comfortable with the other self-righteous sheep. And it kind of sounds opposite of Jesus, who was a friend of a sinner. I know that because he's my friend. Amen. Let's go to one last scripture, and it's Romans 8.32. Romans 8.32. To meet the needs of the saints and practice hospitality involves two things, our money and our home. Our money and our homes. And when we begin to give radically in something called build together, we're coming and we're laying it at the apostles' feet. Now, what God is not asking is this to be a show or a competition? Because you see, Ananias and Sapphira in Acts 5, they had lands. And God never asked anyone to sell anything. There's no arm twisting. We're not taking your social security number. We're not even at, well, give us your email. No. <laughs> We're not doing that. 
and they sold it and they said they sold it for a certain price and they lied because it was more to impress people than to extend the person of Christ to a generation in need. And then it didn't go well for them. So that is not us. But I'm saying you could be very, very young. This young man, you should see his business. Last year, he sowed in the Build Together offering as a junior in high school. And I have to say, and I know how much he sold. I so want to tell you, but I'm not going to do it. They say, don't tell the left hand and the right hand. I don't even know the difference between my right and my left. So I'm not going to do it. So here we go. This is Romans 8.32. He who did not spare his own son. It was comfortable to be in heaven. But delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I want to tell you something. I, I really do believe this. And I, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible And when I quote it, you're going to say, what does it have to do with this message? It's Isaiah 40. Those who wait on the Lord, he will renew their strength. They will mount up with the wings of eagles. And they will run and not be weary. They will walk and not stumble. What I'm saying today, we are now a church in the wilderness. When you look at what's happening, not just on the European continent, but even in Israel, in the Middle East, it just open up Ezekiel 38, Psalms 83, go to Revelation, Zechariah, Daniel. It's like, oh my goodness, we're living in these times. The Bible says this in Revelation 12, 14, that there was a woman and that she was given wings, that she could fly to the wilderness, to her place, to escape the presence of the serpent or the dragon. And I believe the wings of an end-time church is giving and welcoming. I believe it is giving to the needs of the saints. And it does not matter if you're totally different than me. You should be an enemy of mine. You are welcome if you bow your knee to Jesus Christ. And I believe in the days ahead, our church will not falter our church will not stumble because we will mount up with the wings of eagles and we are not just waiting in prayer we're waiting to hear what God says our sacrifice is and it's not going to be wings that are pasted on they're going to grow from the inside out and we're going to mount up and go from glory to glory strength to strength faith to faith and we are going to open up our homes we're going to meet the needs of the saints, and Ventura will see the light of Jesus Christ on this hill. Come on, amen. Stand up. I have a big clock right here that says overtime. Put your hands like this. Actually, forget that. Get this. Don't leave just yet. Let's pray in 30 seconds. Father, we stand here and we want to contribute to the needs of the saints. And God, we pray that you would speak to us. What is that amount that you want us to sacrifice? And God, truly, sacrifice begins when comfort ends. God, maybe it's money that we're saving for a gym in the garage. Maybe it's money that we were saving to get a new car, a better car. God, maybe it was something that we were putting away 
uh, to go and do this one thing. We let comfort in and we will be willing to sacrifice. And God, we thank you for that. God, I pray in these days that we will be giving and welcoming to all that the glory of Jesus Christ will be experienced in this region, in this state. California needs a church who has sprouted wings to fly to a place that the world can be healed and saved and whole in one. In Jesus' name, amen. With your heads bowed, I want to ask you this. You've never committed your whole life to Jesus Christ. It means that you're making him Lord of your life. In a moment, you're going to raise your hand. I'm going to count to three, and you'll raise your hand. I want to publicly, uh, totally give my life to Jesus. You say, well, Pastor Jude, I believe. That's good. I celebrate that Satan believes, but he's never given his whole will to God. It's really trusting God with all your heart. If that's you on three, you're going to lift your hand. One, I'm giving Jesus all of my life. Two, I'm making him Lord. Right now, three, raise your hand. Thank you, ma'am. I see your hand. Anyone else? Clap, stomp, shut. Thank you, man, right here. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody pray this after me. Say, dear Jesus. Forgive me, come into my heart, be the Lord of my life, and I trust you with all that is within me, and I will acknowledge you in all my ways. Give the Lord a hand clap, amen. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.